0: Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined the always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you yeah, on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Uh, thank you all, too. I, I feel like there's been a nice little uptick again of people buying an Amador and uh yeah. uh sharing it on twitter we love when you do that it it makes both us and our
1: sponsor feel good so so keep up the bourbon consuming and sharing on on twitter yeah love seeing those tweets with the uh, the bottle and the drink next to it and however you like to prep your drink i please keep sending those out i maybe had a few too many of those had last. a couple i got really deep into a bottle of amador last night so i'm I'm kind of coming down right now. I understand. That was part of the reason why I went and got a quick
0: workout in, because I needed to uh, get functioning uh, again. Uh, might be some more consumed tonight, too. Um, I swear I don't have a problem. I I, I just enjoy my weekends. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. Uh, so first things first, should we do, Should we talk Super Bowl first and then yeah. we do? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Okay,
1: I'm rarely excited for the Super Bowl. I am totally jacked for this game. I am too. I haven't been this excited for a Super Bowl since the Packers played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, which hasn't been that long because yeah, you're kind yeah, of 12 Packer. years, 11, 12 it's, years. It's been that long. 2010 season is when they oh, won wow. it, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, I, You know, there has been, because because in today's day and age, Kurt, if something happens, no matter what, they could pull a, a child out of a well and save them, and they'd be like, you know, there, somebody would find something negative on, on that. You know, people are complaining about this Super Bowl because oh, I've heard there, there's what? there's
1: been chata
0: like negativity because basically none of the big quote unquote big teams are in it.
1: Well, I I'm going to disagree with that because oh, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I mean, how do we know that these aren't the big the next big teams, <laughs> right. right? Like, I mean, is I think it's fair to say that the. NFL does
0: the best job in the playoffs of getting at at the very least the hottest and best team in it's a kind of a combination very good job of that sure the NFL playoffs have been incredible yeah uh the the Bengals weren't they were just
1: handed wins in the playoffs they had to go take them 3 the, in a row the best part about that is they weren't supposed to be they, like they kept winning games they weren't supposed to win yeah and like okay my boss He's a Bengals fan. Good. Well, you know, it's gonna, it's all going to come to an end this weekend. And then they went, well, you know, it's going to be over this weekend. And then they went and now he's like, well, now I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we will win.
0: Maybe we And I think that's kind of been the theme that Joe Burrow has said is, hey, why not us? Um, I would like to be the contrarian and be the guy that doesn't like Joe Burrow. But I can't be that guy. I fucking love that dude. No, I mean, he's he,
1: there.
0: I, there can't be a person in the world that doesn't like that guy. Right. <laughs> he is a. Please go ahead and date my daughter
1: type of guy. Yeah, maybe like a scorned yeah. ex-girlfriend. Maybe be the only person in the world that doesn't like Joe Burrow. And if Joe's doing it right, it, there should be a trail of those that he's left behind.
0: <laughs> Correct. I, I think so. Correct.
1: So here, here, here's my take on the Super Bowl. I, I like Stafford. He's the old man, right? So I always cheer for the old man. I I'm telling myself that I'm cheering for the Rams, but I don't think I can. I think I have to cheer for the Bengals. I'm cheering for the Bengals. But it's going to be tough. I'm going to be really torn. I think there's going to be a moment in the game where I'm going to go all in one way or the other. There's no part of me that's cheering for the Rams.
0: There's a small part of me that's cheering for Stafford because, you know, you got to give the guy credit. Another thing, too, like that I – I maybe it was part of the reason I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl. And it's our last, you know, live football contest here for a long time, sadly. But I don't even know if we're making a big enough deal on the fact that I'm sorry if there's any Lions fans slash Michigan fans that listen to the podcast, but that poor guy toiled away in in a Lions uniform for over a decade. His first year right. out and he's in a Super Bowl. Like I mean, yeah. Don't don't tell me where a quarterback goes in relation to what he's surrounded with. It it doesn't make a difference. It's it's not all about the quarterback. The quarterback gonna
1: need help from the front office and coaching as well. Yeah. And as the years went by and the Lions weren't ever really making a move, I started thinking, well, maybe it's Stafford. Maybe he's the problem, but obviously not. I don't think so. No. Oh, no, no, no. Now I know for sure it wasn't Stafford. And I don't know if I'm being
0: too hyperbolic here, but if he does win this Super Bowl, he's got a chance then all of a sudden to to be in the Hall of Fame because his numbers are very, I mean, they're, and he, he kind of took advantage of, like, right when he came in the league, whatever it was, 10, 12 years ago, something like that. I would mean, be pretty close. Like, that is really when I felt like it became a passing league on steroids. It always kind of was. So he's he's yeah. took advantage of that. But yeah. part of the reason is because, <laughs> it's because he's so good. I mean, he's got a rocket arm. And for the most part, he's been able to stay healthy, which is the two things you need. That's a good point. He has been pretty healthy. And, yeah.
1: And, boy, there's that one game I can't remember. I think he injured his shoulder, but he finished the game, and he was in absolute agony. That guy's a tough son of a bitch. He is. He's a tough dude. Um, so a little bit off topic, but as I was deep into my Amador last night, I, I, I was I like youtubing when I when I'm boozing. Started youtubing John Elway highlights. Oh man, there's some good stuff on you. You can go back and find high school highlights from John Elway from John Elway, and it's. Unreal watching him in high that school. Sounds fun, man. I might do oh that. God. Um yeah, that
0: uh by yourself, couple cocktails, YouTubing uh sports highlights, YouTubing Music, that's what I like to do because you can I love it because you get the video, obviously, you love know, it. not every single time you get the vivo video, a lot of times, but that's a blast. But John Ellie, okay, I mean, we were because me and you were with some of our buddies were texting, you know, Larry Bird highlights, <laughs> so I was, Michael I,
1: Jordan, I, that kind of got you on the path, it I suppose, did, yeah, it did because we were texting. So I started with Larry Bird because I always start with <laughs> Larry Bird. By the way, I'm not even a basketball fan, yeah. I just love watching Larry Bird highlights because he's just. He's you know so gangly and not that athletic but then the plays he makes it how magician does, like he's a magician yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Pete Maravich is a good one
1: to that's do that's a good one yeah um i mean i'm sorry
0: but jordan highlights all time it's just the best for me cuz it's the stuff that he did like some of the stuff from his like first two or three years in the league yeah. um, where he had to do everything for those bulls teams <laughs> yeah. and he is like he was just such an amazing athlete. Like obviously he was a great basketball player, but he was like a freaky recovery athlete. Yeah. I, in fact, I should stray from the path tonight
1: and do some MJ highlights.
0: I, it is okay. somewhere Dustin Chudy is listening to this and screaming. <laughs> <it> cheater. Is, <laughs> cheater. It's
1: a cheater. It's a cheater. <laughs> All <laughs> do, right. Do you know where he gets that, by the way? No, I don't either. He's man. a Hoosier. He,
0: he's a, he, or a uh, Pacer <laughs> yeah. fan. He's not going to, um, uh, but last thing on, so I, I, I think unfortunately the Rams are gonna win and uh I, I like the under. You like the under. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: There's a couple other it. things I like too, but I'm just gonna keep it to that.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking about that defensive line and the pass rush against that really bad Bengals offensive It's weird that their line is that bad, but they made it this far. Yeah. Um basically they've gotten here with the Moxie of yeah. of their
0: quarterback. I mean, I'm sorry. And and the Bengals defense played a lot better.
1: Yeah. In the last month. So But they got some I don't know, they got some weapons. Yeah. I just hope it's a good game. I hope so, too. Okay, little housekeeping here.
0: Housekeeping? No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping?
1: Hmm, where do I start? Boy, well, first of all, there's there's been some shifting of some Big Ten games. I don't know if you, you see this? Purdue's yeah. going to open on a Thursday. Illinois is going to be at IU on a Friday. So it'll be a nice—that first weekend will be fun, I think. Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll have, you know, games I mean, for— I mean,
0: that first whole— Ten days because you got yeah. Nebraska Northwestern week zero right. overseas, yeah. and then a Thursday, Friday, then obviously a smorgasbord of Saturday games. Right?
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, won't get deep into that though. Okay, where do I go now? By the way,
0: I my take on Thursday and Friday night games is I
1: love them as long as my teammate the one playing in them. <laughs> I mean, I still I still like them if my team. I get it. I, I want every game to be at two thirty on a Saturday, ideally. But I like being like, you know, the, scent, the the one game that everyone's watching in the whole country. Love
0: that. Uh, the game that solidified my love for Friday Night Games was that Minnesota-Maryland game from, I think it was two years ago. I mean, it was just an absolute, absolute <laughs> blast. Um, the the Maryland-Iowa game, which coincidentally we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, I wound up loving it because if your team does win that Friday night game, yeah. you go into Saturday stress-free right. knowing right. you already got the win in your pocket. But.
1: Okay, have you ever heard of this guy, Lovey Smith? Yeah. Remember him? <laughs> <laughs> right. I would have forgot. <laughs> Jeez, what are they doing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so there's a little football club down in Houston called the Texans, and <laughs> they've hired Lovey as their head coach.
0: Dude, okay. To so. go through the Deshaun Watson stuff and now into Lovey, like <sighs> I don't know, dude. I, honestly, and I, I mean this. I'm not being, I'm not being sarcastic when I say this. I think part of the reason
1: Lovey gets shots is because I think people just like to be around Lovey. It's, seen, I don't know. He, I mean, he's got a personality, right? He has to. Yeah, but I mean, like even his public persona, the one that we see, we've never met the guy. But it's like he's a, he is a likable personality. It, it
0: has to be part of what happened. Or you he's just a phenomenal interviewer. I don't know. Yeah. And those two
1: are kind of tied, maybe, tied together. Maybe but... he's got a lot of pictures of a lot of people. I don't know. <laughs> but did you see that not only is he the head coach, he's declared that he is going to be the defensive coordinator. Boy, that's his, that's his thing, huh? I don't know. So, you know, he obviously had a pretty good run with the Bears. He was a pretty good coach. Went to Tampa. Had a couple – actually was moving in the right direction, even though I'm not sure that that was really the case and got canned. I don't know. I wonder what just the average NFL fan who has no affiliation with the Texans thinks. I, from what I could read off of Twitter, you know, know.
0: they were, they were a little bit entertained by it and not in a positive way. Yeah. Um, the real, the real deep, deep, you know, conspiracy theory is the Texans know they're not going to be any good for a couple of years. So hmm. you need a lame duck coach. Hmm. Um, okay. and, and does Lovey even agree to it? Like, yeah, I'll be your lame duck coach for $5 million a year. I don't oh, care. he would agree to that. I would think so. Absolutely. So would. would
1: I, did you oh, so
0: would
1: I. <laughs> <laughs> I know two other guys that would I can it. be had
0: for much less price <laughs> Texans or anybody else. Give okay, it. did you, did you hear about the
1: opening presser? <laughs> no. God, uh... <laughs> I can't believe this happened. A fire alarm went off during the presser. Oh, God. <laughs> if that is not an ominous... Oh, jeez. I didn't even know that. Wow. Okay, moving right oh, along boy. here. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't normally point out a, just a defensive line hire, but Michigan State yeah. has hired defensive line coach Marco Coleman. Would, does, does that ring a bell? Well, I know he's a movie star. He's a movie star. He <laughs> was in Ace Ventura. Played a prominent role in ace ventura so he's the guy when ace is looking for i guess like the super the, the Bowl specific rings, right ring, yeah he's going around to all the dolphins players and he goes to a track and this guy's running on the track and he runs up huge to dude huge. right yeah that's the defensive line coach that's and dude i remember that
0: scene like i haven't of seen course. that movie in years but i used to watch that movie on loop you know so yeah i remember
1: that scene so he replaces ron burton pretty good coach he played at georgia tech had a 14 year nfl career coached with the Raiders, was coaching with Georgia Tech outside linebackers before Michigan State, staying in the state of Michigan. University of Michigan has hired defensive coordinator Jesse Minter from Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah, so that hire, I I think it's fair to say that Michigan fans are lukewarm off of it. It, It's, again, a um, – John Harbaugh recommended person from what we can read. John Harbaugh thought very well of him. Um, the The defensive stats were not good for Vanderbilt last year, but I don't know if, how much you can read into that. It was a first year coach. Like, yeah. you know, and I, I doubt the Vanderbilt talent was that great. So like it, but to me,
1: it is a, a wait and see how it goes type of hire. I'm going to take the Tom Fernelli approach and say, I think it's a pretty good hire. I have no idea if it's going to work out. And the reason I'm saying that, is so he's come from comes from the Ravens, has a very Mike McDonald feel to it. It it I does, think. but it from what I could read, it's not the same thought process for okay. defense that they have.
0: But this is a little bit more of a thinking man's defense with mentors. Okay, what,
1: how I read it. My point is, I didn't. I was not very confident with the Mike McDonald hire. That's a good point. He did pretty good. He did pretty well. Yeah. So I'm 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 taking a wait and see. What What is
0: curious about this to me though is. And, and I bet this played into Mike McDonald not being there anymore. Did we get that name right? We're not screwing it up Mike again. McDonald. Okay. Um, we, oh, that's when we screwed up. That was the one we screwed up how two do, podcasts ago. I can't remember. Up, I don't know. Anyways, I, it got pointed out. Um, um, I, Mickey Doug, Montgomery. Let's call him <laughs> Mickey um, Montgomery. Um, wait, what's Minter's first name? Jesse. Okay. Uh, okay. With with McDonald leaving, I, I I have to wonder if recruiting plays into it where he just took one look at and, and is like, this is how much effort. I, I don't get to spend any time with my family. At, I'm still recruiting at night. I don't want to do that. And, and and then now mentor, from the way I understand it, the Rucker staff, or um, uh, Vandy. Vander, Vanderbilt staff. How dare you? Freudian slip. Uh, the new staff is very much recruiting specific. They actually did a very good job recruiting in, in uh, Vanderbilt, you know, terms. Okay. So that would be something I'd be positive about with Michigan is that Mm -hmm. it looks to be a coach that would be more recruiting forward.
1: Got to do it. Yeah. It's got to be part of the deal. Big part of the deal, which goes back to our first story on housekeeping. Yeah. Which was lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Good example. Or lack thereof. All right. Is that it for housekeeping? That's it for housekeeping. Boom, boom. Good job. All right.
0: Let's go on to the teams. This is our last three team pod. Uh, before we go to the last two teams, which is the two teams that played in the Big Ten Championship. So, today it is Mer- uh, uh, Nebraska from the west, Maryland from the east, and back to Northwestern in the west. So, first team up, the Nebraska Cornhuskers preseason over-under total was six wins. I predicted six and six. I predicted seven and five. Okay. we Not both, too bad. We both went over because they only won... Three games. They were three and nine this year. Um, yeah. So it was certainly not the year that people had anticipated and hoped for in Husker Land. So let's get into the schedule. First game out of the shoot, mm. they lose to Illinois. Um, I don't, again, want to be too hyperbolic here, but d- did that have a lasting effect on the rest
1: of the year? Well, I remember in my preview, our preview that we did, I said, you have to win the the Illinois game. But to me it was a must win. cuz the schedule kept getting harder. If right. you get down 0 and 1 in the, in conference, it was going to be a tough year.
0: Now, obviously one would say, okay, but let's say we switch that one to a win. They're still only 4 and 8 and they're two games away from a bowl. So really we're talking more of the, you know, the, the reverberating
1: effects that well, something like that can have at the beginning of the year. Right. So let's say they win that game. We know we're gonna talk about how close all these games are. Of course are. maybe a couple more go their way. Possibly. If you just get a that yeah. feeling that you can do yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Now they the next two games versus teams that you would expect them to 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 beat, they did Fordham and Buffalo, fifty two to seven and twenty eight to three. Uh the Buffalo score could have actually been worse than that. There was no doubt that anybody that watched those games was that Nebraska was the better football team. So you could make an argument and say they responded after the Illinois and they were just fine after the Illinois loss and they were just fine. Fair. I think you could still say that after the Oklahoma game. Yeah. Went down into Norman. They lose, but only 23 to 16 and boy, did they have their chances?
1: Well, I still can't believe that more Nebraska fans weren't, just outraged over not winning that game. That's a good point. Because they they lost that game because of special teams, if you remember. It was and like a, three lo- special teams yeah. gaffes that, that happened. Which, you know, I I mean, we're obviously going to
0: talk about this a little bit more, but like and just some decisions by the coach, you know, yeah. like the, and this was I don't know if you can remember, but just they're racking up penalties and personal fouls already in the year at this point. Um, there was some in this game. Like, I felt like you're right, though, that like and I get, you know, you want to be positive with your team. But Nebraska fans, by and large, after the loss, they almost were, they almost took
1: it like was, well, you know, it's kind of, it's a good loss. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really they feel that.
0: Boy, well. I tell you what, another time. I mean, if you know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas every day. But if they would have won won this game, you could have easily said they put the Illinois game behind them. They'd sure. have been sitting at three and one. Who knows how different it would look? I mean, it's just going to kind of sound like a broken record here, but then Michigan State again. This is a a team that won eleven games. They didn't just have Michigan State on the ropes; they had them out of the you know the 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 square into the like that game was over. You could say they punted it away. I, I, I've never seen this before the the you know everybody on the team punts right, and the punter punts left. I never I, seen I've, it. I I like. I've just never heard of that before.
1: Right, maybe we've seen it and just didn't kind of notice no. it. But it was noticeable when because, it happened.
0: Because, yeah, like, that's a good point. Like, it could happen in the second quarter, and people don't notice it as much. But when... Well, no, I'm
1: talking more specifically about watching the play. You watch yes, it, and you're like, wait a good. second, what happened there? Weirdest thing in the world. And, yeah. and it wasn't just that play. I
0: mean, there, there was plays by... Or, or lack thereof by Adrian uh, Martinez where, you know, a fumble and I I mean, it took a calamity of things to go wrong to snag defeat from the jaws of victory. They had to go three for three and they and they did. And that that's that's not a three for three that's good. No. But the next game up is Northwestern, fifty-six to seven. So I mean it was one of the more dominating games that I've seen, honestly, in the past three, four, five years in the Big Ten, like Northwestern, yeah. they didn't even get off the bus. No. And, and and obviously Nebraska had a lot to do with that. They were running through them. And I know Northwestern's
1: a bad team. We're going to get to Northwestern, but man, nobody,
0: th- nobody dominated Northwestern as no. much as Nebraska did.
1: And if you're, if you're a Huskers fan watching that game, you got to be saying, well, why the hell can't we look like this every other week?
0: And I and I I remember Frost saying something along those lines. He's like, "That's how it's supposed to look." Now, okay, <laughs> of course, that's how it's supposed. Everybody wants your team to look, you know, fifty-six to seven, good all the time. It, it's not going to look that good, but the sentiment still remains, which is, when a team puts it together that completely, even if they put it. Two thirds together, right? On most yeah. That I swear that team that that Northwestern played that day, that that Nebraska team definitely was a ball team. Oh yes, oh yes. Which makes the next six games because they're Ooh. sitting at three and three right now. Oh my, it's goodness. three and three. You're and I and you thought you'd be better than three and three. Don't get me wrong. I think you thought you would at least be four and two at this point. But at three and three, you go five hundred the the last. Six games, obviously. You're going to a bowl. They lose six in a row. Now oh. the one thing I'd want to point out for this for the six games in a row. Okay. Michigan, college football playoff team. Minnesota, nine win team. Purdue, nine win team. Ohio State, eleven win team. Wisconsin, nine win team. Iowa, ten win team. Wow. That ain't that ain't any we talked at the beginning of the season how tough Nebraska's schedule was going to be. It was actually tougher yeah. than what we
1: thought it would be. And we made a big deal out of it being tough at the beginning of the year. So that goes back to what I was saying earlier. That's why they needed to win the Illinois game. Cause we knew it was backloaded. Cause maybe they, yeah.
0: Um, you know, kind of going back a little bit, the Michigan game, there was the, was Adrian Martinez down or not? I mean, there's been new evidence that come out that's come out <laughs> that said the ref said something to Adrian Martinez where he's like, I don't know why they didn't blow the whistle. A rough said that to him. Really? Yeah, Adrian Martinez said it on his podcast, so that's been wow. making. Wow, okay. The Minnesota loss, I know you don't want to hear this, Nebraska fans, but Minnesota was the better team. The, 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 the one touchdown to make it a, a one-score game was at the end of the game. It was well-decided at that point. Purdue, much closer game, but I'll be honest with you, I definitely felt like Purdue was the better football oh, team in per- this game. Yes, for sure. Um, Ohio State was definitely the better football team. Dude, they had a chance to win that game, too. Yeah. There was a personal uh, a, or a pass interference call at the end that was a little bit crazy. Speaking of crazy, the Wisconsin game, I mean, that Wisconsin defense that allowed nobody to do right. anything except for Nebraska. And by the way, it's been like that every year. Scott Frost has been the the elixir to the Wisconsin defense, yeah. but then... But then in a cruel fashion, Wisconsin's offense comes alive versus the Nebraska defense, which, you know, was a pretty good defense. Yeah, we'll get to that. And then um, we will. And then the loss to Iowa, again, you you could argue. I still think Michigan State was the biggest snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. But the Iowa game was right there, too. Um, when that punt got blocked, I have never oh, seen gosh. a stadium team and coach exhale in a bad way like that like i mean i did the, too. It, it was just the impending doom that you could feel from it it was palpable oh i, I don't think you had to be an iowa or, or nebraska fan to
1: feel it as a non-fan like i i couldn't believe it i was deflated literally deflated it was crazy and you knew at that moment game was over i was gonna win yeah
0: um all right so that's it they finished three and nine what are some stats that stick out
1: to you okay? So, I, I wanted to mention the defense. How okay, if you look at defensive total yards 46 in the country, rush yards 57, defensive pass yards 28, those are solid, but pr- kind of I would say mediocre. But then you get to the score. 24th in the country scoring defense only
0: gave up 21 points a game
1: and it's opposite on the offense if you look at the offensive total yards 20th in the country but they're 82nd in scoring offense it's like they have a good synergy on defense a bad synergy on offense
0: okay that's interesting and 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 right now Nebraska fans I think are screaming into the void red zone offense because the red zone offense it was bad I mean, when you you, have yardage like that and you're not putting points on the board, it's the glaring most obvious thing. But in this case, the obvious thing just happens to be correct. Guess where it's
1: most important to be good on offense? In the red
0: zone. Correct. And then the other side of it, too, is it plays back to special teams because when they would get into the red zone, you're not going to score a touchdown every single time, but get your field goal. That was the issue, too. Uh, But the one thing I do want to point out is it seemed like at some point in the year, I would say into the, like to the middle part of the year, Nebraska's defense was darn
1: good and 46 ain't bad, but that's not, it didn't finish good. No, it didn't finish good. And, and, you know, like I said, it, if you look at statistically, it's kind of mediocre. defense. It was, it was a little
0: bit better than mediocre. It was a little yeah, bit better than average. That's fine. I'll, but, I'll accept that. But I guess my point is I'm trying to make is Nebraska fans are still very much happy with how the defense went. And that was a, that was a multi-year, you know, we're talking fifth and sixth year senior dominated defense.
1: Are we a little bit concerned that it only got to 46? I don't know. Okay. All right. Team stud. Yeah. I guess you could say that a little. Yeah. Cause it was an old defense, right? Yeah. Okay. Team stud. I tried every which way to find someone else, but it's just Adrian Martinez. Wow. I found somebody else. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Who do you got?
0: Adrian. Okay. By definition of the term team stud, totally get it. I, I, I I shudder to think where the, the offense or the team would be in general without Adrian Martinez. Yeah. Um, They asked him to do a lot. Yep. <clears throat> the fact that he could mostly stay healthy. I, I I, guess what I'm all I'm saying is your choice is Adrian Martinez as team stud. Totally get it. Cut. Um, By the way, side note, did you see that in his press conference at K state, he said, I'm looking forward to not having to run the ball yeah. so much. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. So, so I don't think Nebraska fans can be too upset with those comments because that guy, that guy is tough as nails. So, It'll be probably one of the last times we say Adrian Martinez's name on this podcast. So so shout out to him. But to me, I, I the team stud, the most consistent is linebacker JoJo Doman.
1: Okay, I mean that. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine.
0: But like, and I think part of the reason that when he was out of the lineup at any point, it was tough. Like that role that he plays as he's like a hybrid linebacker safety. You know, um, he's physical, but yet he can run with a lot of people. Um, I think he's going to be a star in,
1: in the NFL. Like to me, JoJo Doman was the man. By the way, their defense was very NU-ish. And by the way, let's not forget this is NU. This, this is NU. Okay, yeah. but when I say NU-ish, I'm referring to Northwestern because the top four tacklers were their linebackers. Henrich Henrich was first, Reimer, then Doman, then Garrett Nelson. Those were the top four tacklers. Very impressive. I want to talk about Adrian Martinez a little more, though. He was their leading rusher and passer, which I think – wasn't he the same last year, I believe? I think so. That's amazing. Played with a broken jaw. Played with a bum ankle. Let's be honest. Coaching wasn't great offensively. He's a leader. And and as you point – he's just tough. Uh, Listen, I got got no issues with your choice. I'm just saying, like –
0: if somebody walked up to me and said, you can only pick one guy off the 2021 Nebraska team that you would want on your team next year, or, you okay. know, or that uh, it would be JoJo. That's you know. fair. Okay.
1: I mean, I think we both made good choices. Uh,
0: best game moment?
1: It has to be Northwestern. They it won is. the
0: NU trophy. They, they won the NU trophy. I, I mean, if you can remember that night, um, it was a night game. Uh, they had like the red. You know, neon light thing going on, which like, is pretty cool. I mean, it was like they took out five years of frustration on Northwestern yeah. that <laughs> night. I mean, it was it was incredible. You know, it was. it's like seeing your buddy that's gone through a long dry streak finally, you
1: finally, know, finally <laughs> and, You know, they 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 end the two game losing streak. Yeah, you know? so, yeah, it was, it was it was feeling good, and you and you're just looking at a potential bowl game at that point.
0: Uh, head scratcher, I got, I got Sparty loss and, and just the punt. And I mean, we've already kind of talked about it, but like, that was a huge loss in that. I, I also wonder the reverberating effect of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I always cheat on this one on the head scratcher one. Cause I, I don't go for the moment necessarily. Well, okay. Moment or stat. Okay. It's the record for one score losses and yeah. single digit losses. They yeah. set the record for both of those in one season and I, I'll go a step further. Not having a dedicated special teams coach is a head scratcher. That's also a head scratcher.
0: I, and I know, I feel like maybe we're not putting as much, uh, you know, effort into talking about how many one score losses they had. But like, I feel like that has definitely been talked about enough. I wonder if Nebraska fans are ready to move on from it, but you know, it was a thing and, 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 and you're probably right of that being the biggest head scratcher because I don't think we've ever seen it. And I don't think we will ever see it again.
1: I'm sure Nebraska fans want to move on from it.
0: Like, I think I saw, because of the Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern games, they wound up, it was either even or with more points scored than allowed. Yeah, in the it season. was right around right even. even. It was right. But but they won three out of 12 games. You oh. just, you can't do it. It's just,
1: it's a statistical anomaly. It is. It, it,
0: it's, it's crazy.
1: And I'm sorry, Nebraska fans, but boy, if you're in Nebraska, you just have to feel like, we are freaking cursed.
0: Yeah. I don't believe in curses. I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan. Once Cubs won the world series, I gave up on the curse stuff. I don't, I don't believe in that, but, but you did believe in it before. That I did. Game. That's yeah. true. I did. I did. The goat, uh, the goat curse. <laughs> 2021 team grade. Hmm. It's a tough one. It is a. T- okay. I'm going to go first. Cause I usually okay. go right. off of you, but I went with a D plus. Okay. okay. Um, We're not that far away. Okay. Um, okay. Wh- wh- what are the reasons behind the grade? Uh, I guess that's technically a passing grade, right? As long as you're not flunking. D's get Um, degrees. I think. I think it was (laughs) C. I didn't know D's did it as well. I could have. I could have shot lower. Um, uh, Okay, you're Nebraska. Three wins is unacceptable. It's absolutely, and and it's even more unacceptable in your coach's fourth year on the job. So, like, you, you, you do not deserve to be in the C range. Okay. But they never quit, man. It they yeah, fought every true. week. Like it would potentially talk me into a C minus, but
1: ultimately I'm like, I, I, I can't do it. So I'm going to give you the D, but the plus. Okay, I I could I should probably go with the plus, but I went with a solid D, and I'm not going to change it just because I don't know. I'm in a mood right now. It, it, it's it's kind of you could go to both sides of the fence, right? Like they were so close to being a pretty solid team, but they weren't in the end. They weren't. So they lost the game. So I'm just giving them a fight flat out D, like. It's just so weird because,
0: you know, it's the old um uh, Bill Parcell's quote, you are what your record is. And I believe in that. Um w- like I've seen a lot of comments from Nebraska fans on Twitter that saying we're that we're not that far away. Look, we only lost this team by one score. We only lost to that. I get that the the sentiment behind that, but like it's gotta result in wins. Like I, I'm sorry, but you know, close only counts and horseshoes and with hand grenades and and you, you you gotta get
1: over on it, otherwise it's it's still just a loss. Okay, now I'm getting a little more spicy because now I'm thinking about other things. The fact that they can't hand the football to a person whose position is RB and have them run the ball forward and get yards, that's unacceptable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there you go. Solid D.
0: All right. Uh two thousand two spring ahead. Um you know, what needs improvement? So I, I would say the thing that you see most from Nebraska fans is and a concern is the offensive line, um, the offensive line higher. I mean, now we're looking ahead. We've obviously got uh, the new offensive coaches that are all over the board. One of them being Rayola, who I, I would think it's fair to say was a somewhat underwhelming hire uh, lacks a little bit in, in experience the old line in general has been a concern, and then they lose Cam Juergens, who is by far their best offensive lineman in my mind. You know, I, I don't know if it's a total rebuild on the offense because they've got two, one or two, maybe three pieces that are there. But as far as the consistency, it's it's got to start showing here pretty quick.
1: What needs improvement? I, that's a good point, the offensive line for sure. I'm going to name three things that need improvement. Special teams needs to improve. Yep. The special teams needs to improve. Okay. And then also the special teams need to improve.
0: Um, and and that could go right into the what's looking good because they do have a committed special teams coach. So they've addressed it like, and I still got this feeling in Nebraska fans. Let me know if I'm wrong, but I still got this feeling from Scott Frost that he begrudgingly agreed to do, to do a special teams coach. That's just the Hmm. feeling I get. I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up. Interesting. Um, I think he's going to be a great, uh, recruiter. I think it's Bill Bush is his name. Um, yeah, that's right. Correct. Um, so very interesting to see there. Um, and then, you know, the what's looking good is just the the feeling that that cool whip, you know, Mr. Whipple has I mean it, it there seems to be a calm voice that he provides, like that's the feeling I'm getting. Um so what's looking good is different schemes around the goal line, right? That that red zone offense, somebody's going to have a fresh take on it and it's
1: going to be him. Yeah, so special teams obviously as I made very clear in the previous my previous statement, but the new system agreed. And then just selfishly, for me personally, my guy is Jaques Gr- Yant, yeah. the the running back. So I'm I'm excited to see him. Hopefully, get the lion share carries from the rumors. As Mr. Yant needs to take his uh, diet and
0: exercise. Sir, more seriously, that was kind of part of he got in a little bit of a doghouse situation. So I don't think Nebraska fans would disagree with you. Uh, they got a transfer that they like, but yeah, O line, running back, we need to see it. Um, they've got a new, you know, wide receiver. I yeah. want to talk about him, Mickey okay. Joseph. Mickey
1: Joseph. I think he's been anointed a demigod. I, and We've I tell you
0: what, like, it's one of those deals again. Like something that we joke about all the time is you hear stuff from fan bases, and you're like, okay, fan base, you know. And and sometimes they're wrong. I I would say a lot of times they're wrong. And sometimes they're correct. In this case, I remember Nebraska fans like being giddy, like over the top giddy when Joseph got hired. And I'm like, listen, I get It's a good hire, but it's a, it's a wide receiver coach. He really is making a gigantic difference. He is. Um, He is the, the recruiting that he's brought. Like he, he saved Nebraska's recruiting class. It seems like almost single handedly, um, and now okay I, I apologize because this is this is a double you know a, a backhanded compliment, but like I agree that the the overall energy has picked up in recruiting and around the football complex it needed to. It seems that's with both uh, recruiting that we just talked about now and then also it's just the theme has been, competition 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 we're bringing in these quarterbacks you mm-hmm. know we're bringing in Casey Thompson we're bringing in all these guys yeah. competition at wide receiver who's going to come out of that room and i can't help but sit there and think where was the competition thought yeah. process where was locking down the state of nebraska before this is scott frost this is the he was the original demigod you know right like, he
1: was he was he was the the odg um but we can't we shouldn't understate um uh, the fact that Casey Thompson is coming in too, I think that's that's yeah. another thing that's looking good.
0: It is looking good. You want you want to have a name to watch to that that could have a lot to do with the future of Nebraska football. Kenny Pickett, because where's he going the draft and no. and is Kenny Pickett special? Meaning, do we not know how good Kenny Pickett is? And if it took a quarterback that special to run Whipple's offense. Sure. To a certain degree, I'd almost be hoping that that Kenny Pickett is not that great because it would show that you don't need a superstar yeah. quarterback to run the offense. Is that's, that's is fair. that is that a deep state deal no, or, or does that make sense? Okay.
1: So I was watching uh, Family Guy yesterday.
0: Uh that would be your 2021 Nebraska Cornhuskers, but go ahead. And there was so
1: they worked cool whip into the oh, yeah. the, the show. And it's just like they force it in there, right? I love it. Because somebody was eating a slice of pie. And so Stewie, of course, goes, would you like some cool quip with that? (laughs) Love it. Love the Family Guy. There may be a day that I
0: grow up enough where Family Guy is too lowbrow for my sophisticated taste. It has not got there yet. It makes me laugh almost every single episode, every time.
1: Uh, You know, maybe this is probably something I should be ashamed of, or at least not proud of. But pretty much all I watch is Family Guy in Triple D. (laughs) That's it. That's Diners, Drivings, Dives, and Family Guy. That's it. Dude, that show makes you hungry as heck, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like, that's it's a guilty life. pleasure. I can't are, stop. I, I've
0: enjoyed both. Uh, not nearly as much DD&D D, D as you, but uh, they're I can't. Both, they're both good shows. I can't you might stop. Need to, you know, I need to branch out a little bit. I know. Okay. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrel. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Next up... The Maryland Terrapins, their season over under total was set at six. I predicted famously one and 11. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little closer at four and eight.
1: Yeah, four and eight. you were a lot closer. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: they hit their over under. They went six and six, uh, won their bowl game to go seven and uh. six. So um, I'm just going to say this one last time. And then, so what I thought would happen with West Virginia or with. Uh, uh, Maryland is that they would lose to West Virginia. I did too. I figured beat Howard, yep. get upset by Illinois and Kent state. And essentially it would start a downward spiral okay. where okay. at some point all of a sudden you'd look up and they were one in five and, and it would just like, that's how I predicted it to go. Obviously okay. it did not, but I, I at least wanted to give
1: some sort of semblance
0: of an explanation okay. of why I did
1: that. Yeah. Th- I mean, I guess that's fair. I could, you could see that happening. Right. I, I actually had them going two and two to start the first four games, which wasn't very close either. Correct. I mean, at one point, I
0: had three and nine down for Maryland. I did, and then there was this little voice in the back of my head that said, "I, I feel like this could be impending doom for okay. Locks and the crew." So now I got to give Locks obviously have to credit. Yeah, finishing seven and six. We'll go through
1: the schedule. This was a good year for, for it, it, Maryland. There was, was a, a lot of highlights here. It was a good year. And I think beyond being a good year, before we get too deep into it, I think that you could see from a coaching perspective an improvement over
0: absolutely the past. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Both sides of the ball. So how did they start off the first year? Well, they didn't go one and three. As I predicted, they started out going four and oh. Um, the West Virginia game went thirty to twenty four. West Virginia turned the ball over Four times, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, Maryland didn't play great in that game. They had yeah. better performances throughout yeah. the year, yeah. but you know what? They figured out a way to win the game, destroy Howard. They snatched uh, a victory from the jaws of defeat against Illinois, which we obviously broke down in the Illinois podcast, or- but
1: did Illinois snatch defeat from the jaws of victory? It's one of the two, but yeah. dude, how huge was that game? Oh my gosh. Going on the road into the Midwest. It was not an easy thing to do. It was a Friday night game too. So it was a little weird. You, It seemed like everything was going in the direction for Illinois. So it was a big win. Uh, and then uh, beat
0: Kent state pretty handily. So boom, just like that, they're at four and zero, and they're looking pretty darn good at that point. Like the offense which we knew that had weapons. We were concerned about the offensive line. There were signs of the O-line not being great, Mm -hmm. but Tulia was, I mean, he was starting to get national recognition and everything, and the defense was playing a lot better. I was drinking the Turtle Kool-Aid
1: after four games. I really was.
0: I predicted them to beat Iowa, if you remember. But they did not. No, they did not. Uh, 51 to 14. Um, It's not even up for debate. That was their worst performance of the year they barely they stayed in their shell in the shell if you will they never they never got out so then they lose 3 games to three really good teams 66 to 17 versus ohio state that's just kind of what ohio state yeah. does minnesota handled them pretty darn easily yeah. 34 to 16 i mean minnesota hardly had to do much uh then they get the win a 38 to 35 squeaker oh, win boy. versus Arguably the worst team
1: in the Big Ten yeah. versus Indiana. Boy, that's huge. Because That would have been really I, that would have been if they had lost to Indiana, that would have yeah. marked seven consecutive losses if, if they you know, if they kept going and play playing out and if, the way they again, did.
0: if and buts, but like so again, it the, with a lot of these teams, it is razor-edge stuff. Absolutely. And Maryland is absolutely no different. Now, we're not taking we're not taking these wins away. You won the, these games. I'm just saying, like, it's that close sometimes with some of these teams.
1: They got the win, but you can make a case for that being an inexcusable performance there. Even though they won. Even though they won. Well, that's a good point. De- Defensively. Offensively,
0: they did fine. Sure, it's that's really on the defense. Point. And by the way, they are starting to go through defensive injuries here yeah. if you can remember mm-hmm. um and then they lose three in a row so it's kind of a up and down Actually, type of deal offensive injuries too they lost a ton of wide receivers that is accurate 31-14 to Penn State 40-21 Michigan State 59-18 they're not really any close in these games no. versus Penn State Michigan State and Michigan but because of a couple you know one uh, squeaker win and 4-9 non- or 3-9 conference wins they are sitting there at five and six, at the end of the year,
1: they have to beat Rutgers to do it. This was only, if I believe, like a three point spread, something like that. And if you remember, there the team they were playing was also five and six. They were both fighting to get into a bowl game, so this, on paper, wasn't an easy game. Absolutely not.
0: But on the field, it was. Yeah. They they really handled Rutgers very well, forty to sixteen, and then top it off. With a dominant performance versus a depleted Virginia Tech team, mm-hmm. 54 to 10 to finish 7 and 6. So it wound up being quite the deal, quite the year. Uh, team stud, I, I, listen, I'm going to talk about it a lot. Like, I think there's a couple other people that you can bring up, and I'm sure you will, but 3,800 yards, a 26 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio. And I'd like to point out, five of those picks came in one game. Oof, that yeah. So it's. If I right, could, right. it's a better touchdown interception sure. ratio than what it actually shows. Yeah. By the way, he had two touchdowns on the ground too, so you know, a 28 to 11. That's a heck of a year
1: for Tuliya. So I thought and By of, the way, stayed healthy. He did, yeah. It's a huge thing. Uh, there's you could go maybe Kim Jarrett, okay, maybe maybe Nick Cross on defense. But yeah, to me it's it's a runaway victory for Leah Tungavailoa. I'm going to go down some of the individual passing yardage Moxie yeah he had this yeah. year because it's pretty impressive i mean 3,860 yards overall okay so this is in, 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 in per game not every game i'm not going like literally in series but 312 yards 350 yards 371 419 384 350 332 yeah that's a lot of good freaking it
0: is but it's just if you plot it out his yardage totals, it would look kind of like an EKG chart. It goes yeah. up and down once they play yep. the better defenses. We kind of skipped over the, the team stats a little bit, but I mean, 32nd in the country in total offense mm. with, and and it's impressive because they were only 92nd in offensive rush yards because they balanced it out with 300 yards a game, top 11 passing offense. So um, average points for th- almost 30 points, not bad the defense drops down obviously mm. like at one point the defense looked good but they finished 83rd giving up 400 total yards of defense uh rest defense wasn't good pass defense was absolutely atrocious you know gave up 31 points a game i mean my god Iowa put 51 points up on them you know like it it didn't wind up being a good defense
1: no and it it was kind of looking encouraging Early in the year, but it really started unraveling yep. midseason. Yep. And they they finished 100th in the country in average scoring defense, which is not good. Best game moment. I went with the bowl win. Yeah. Okay. I, I, and I was going to cheat and just say the last
0: two games of the year. To yeah. To be able okay. to yeah. beat Rutgers to get in just to get to a bowl, even if they would have lost the bowl to finish six and seven, that still would have been a huge win. But then to it to to add on to it, put the you know cherry on top with the with a dominating win that's huge.
1: And Talia in that game was twenty of twenty four. That's eighty three percent completion for two hundred sixty five yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Also ran for forty two yards. Yeah, it's like that was the cherry on top. I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised he didn't
0: declare because looking at this quarterback draft class, yeah, like, I feel like he would have been up
1: there. But anyways, uh, head scratcher. I mean it's got it's got to be Iowa. It, I, I, because I, I again I was really drinking the Terrapin Kool-Aid at yeah. this point. I thought we know they're a very talented team, right? And I'm looking I'm like they actually look like they're pretty well coached too. I thought they were going to go in and they're beat Iowa. They were
0: just like the the thought process going into that game was if Maryland gets up on Iowa, how is Iowa going to have enough right. offense to to I was more confident with the fact that Maryland was still turning the ball over and Iowa was pretty good at that time of forcing the turnovers. I didn't think, I I didn't expect that. And the line
1: play. I thought the line play Mm -hmm. very much showed up in this game. Well, and if you remember the way the game started out, it started out. How, how I thought it was going to. They scored right away. I think it was. It was, on the- it
0: was one of those locks. Yeah, uh, uh, it was. Yeah, uh,
1: scripted. I mean, they
0: went right. And I was the like, field.
1: "Here we go. Yeah. I, I'm going to be right about this upset call."
0: Yeah, I was watching yeah. at my buddy Aaron's place, and our butts puckered up. I'll say that. Yeah. And then it just it all fell
1: apart. So, uh, uh, team grade. Okay, I went with a solid B. Obviously, not a great defensive effort, but this is this is Locks trying to build a program, and I think at this point in in his tenure there to go six and six, get to a bowl game, then not just win the bowl game, but absolute beat down against Virginia Tech. Good job, Locks. Good yep. job, Terrapins. B. I think you could have gone
0: anywhere from a B plus to a B minus. Probably. So I just said, well, it's a B. So yeah. I'm with you there. Um two thousand twenty two spring ahead. So what needs improvement?
1: Okay, did you know their top two tacklers, this doesn't happen very often, this is like the anti-NU thing, their top two tacklers were defensive backs. It's usually not a good sign for no, defense. No, Jordan Mosley and Nick Cross, who by the way, Nick Cross, Nick Cross is insane, absolute stud, um, but that that's not a good sign, and, and three out of their top five tacklers were defensive backs.
0: Something's wrong. Uh, so basically what you could say is what needs improvement is the front
1: seven? Yeah, I guess could, so. I guess that's what I'm saying. You yeah. could
0: go there. Um, even though they're seven and six, I I do feel like there's a lot to, to build on. Um so I guess line play. I think if you talk to a Maryland fan, um when you have uh when you're ninety second in rushing yards and sixty fifth in rushing yards allowed that that typically and, and you got your defensive backs making all the tackles, that typically points to, to line play. Yeah. Which I then think plays into what I have for the overall thing is just consistency. Tulia's up, Tulia's down. The scores are up, the scores are down. Like it, it can't be so much feast or famine. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta tighten it up. Remember that. Remember in uh, uh, Knocked Up, he's like, you gotta tighten it up. Gotta, tighten
1: it up. I only um, saw that one time. Yeah. Don't really remember. That's it very that's well. what that's what they need to do. Um, Another it, thing it, I would it, say is holding on to recruits. That's a big one. They're losing a lot of players, uh, a lot of <laughs> really highly <laughs> they, ranked they players. Are,
0: they have got to put a stopper on the
1: on the portal. They do, but also you said consistency. They got a lot of turnover on on the defensive staff, which I guess, you know, they kind of needed, but then they hire Kevin Steele, and that was kind of weird because he was there for about a hot minute and he leaked the hiring without even signing his contract yet. And I think they were kind of pissed off about that. And then he's like, "We'll see you later. I'm going down to Miami. That was a bad look. So now they hire Brian Williams, which seemed kind of like just like a plan B or plan C type of hire. I'm not sure how that'll go, but I'll take the Tom Fornelli approach. We'll see what happens. Yep. But also new linebackers coach, new safeties coach, which maybe in the end is a good thing. I
0: was just going to say, so is that in the what's looking good? Is that it? It's, it's fresh faces on the defense. It's going to straddle both what
1: needs improvement. And what's yeah, looking that's good. fine. Those, all the two things go together like that. So, yeah. And wh- okay, here's what's looking good. It's Locks, isn't this fun? Locks is fun. It's just fun to watch, no, regardless of what happens. If it goes well, if it goes bad, it's just fun to watch because it's Locks.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does have a certain entertainment value to him.
1: It wouldn't. The Big Ten wouldn't be as good without Loxley.
0: Yeah, and and. And I tell you what, I love any Big Ten coach and go 3-0 out of conference, you know? Represent the conference, 4-0, no, excuse me, with the bowl game. So. And
1: we say it all the time, but bears repeating, recruiting is always good under Locke. Seventh in the Big Ten right now, which I think is pretty solid yeah. for, for Maryland. But I guess the, the flip side of that is they're sixth in the East in recruiting. Right. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But they got four four-star players, which is, that's what Locks does. He does. But keep, you got to hold, you got to hold. <sighs> there is, anybody can just take That
0: was your 2021 Maryland Terrapins. Next up, the Northwestern Wildcats. Their preseason over-under was six. I predicted six and six.
1: I predicted, gosh, I can't believe I did this. I predicted four and eight. Did you really? Yes. I You were a little bit more aggressive. I can't believe I did that and defied the the college football gods and they didn't smite me.
0: Because why? Because Northwestern... Struggled and went three and nine. Um All right. Into the schedule here. Um So first up, they lose to Michigan State 38 to 21. If you can remember, Michigan State was just boom, boom, pass, rush. They were just going like, and I remember thinking at the time I was, I was more amazed at, I was thinking more it was a Northwestern problem hmm. than it was a, a good Michigan State. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, huh? Like, like it, it, that's why it, it didn't surprise me that Michigan State was playing as good as it did how bad Northwestern played poorly does that maybe that's a better explanation I think that's exactly how I felt actually long story short is lots of people like me and you weren't thinking Michigan State was going to be that good at that right. point okay so then they turn around they bid Indiana State 24 to 6 but that's what Northwestern does non-conference that that's not a remarkable score that's what they look like all the time that's what I expected that's what they even on a good season that's what I would expect 100 percent yeah now they go to Duke, and they lose thirty to twenty-three. But do you remember how far behind they were
1: in I, that game? They I, had
0: to storm back to only get beat by a touchdown.
1: But again, this is what they do, okay. even in good years. They lose to a Duke. Fair enough,
0: fair enough. Um, and then they turn around and beat uh, Ohio and really kind of take them out, thirty-five to six. And you're like, so all of a sudden, I mean, look back. They're, they're two and two right now. And I think I even remember us saying on the podcast, like, "This is looking like Northwestern rounding in." What you we know? were saying was, "They have us right where they want us." Oh, yeah, that's correct. That does sound like something that we would say. And then Nebraska, Ooh. fifty-six to seven. Okay, so at this point, you know something's wrong. This was, this was bad. Like, it is not even close. That is the worst performance from a Pat
1: Fitzgerald coach team. It's not even close. At that point, I was wondering. Yeah, it has to be. At that point, I was wondering: Are they even going to win a conference game here? I don't think I was. At- and they were
0: only two and three. It wasn't like they were zero and five but, or one. Of, you
1: know. But it just looked so
0: so bad. bad. And again, you have got to give Nebraska credit for it. But like, I just remember cuts to Fitzy on the sideline, and he was just like bewildered. It seemed like. It was like Nebraska was throwing stuff at him that, that they didn't even remotely uh, prepare for, and they just had no answer.
1: Okay, I'm going to get smited for this one, I know. But it did, the fitsiness seemed, it had a different feel to it this year. It did. Well, it, it had no feel to it. But I mean, like, what you're saying, like, it it seemed like you look at him, and he he was going, oh, crap. There you go. Which I've never seen him do. 100%. You Stated it better.
0: I was trying to basically say that, but you're dead on. Yeah. Um, with that being said, they beat Rutgers at home. <laughs> so know. now they're three and three. <laughs> and here we go again. I'm like, and I think we still were saying they are Ropa yeah. again. Yeah. Like, okay. And I just like to pause. It would have surprised exactly n- nobody. If this three and three Northwestern team right here would have wound up going six and six. Sure. Of course. But they lose seven and in a row, to, or excuse me, six in a row to finish the the year. Now, again, competition matters, right? Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Purdue. Those are all nine win or better teams with a college football playoff team mixed in there. So yeah. they weren't losing versus, you know, chopped liver. Okay. But
1: they, they weren't even showing up. But then they played maybe not chopped liver, but maybe like. I don't know, dice liver okay. at the end of the year with Indiana or Illinois and Illinois just took them to the woodshed.
0: Okay. I'm kind of picking and choosing here. Northwestern. I'm sorry, but taking out the Rutgers game. Okay. The last seven losses of the year. So seven of the last eight yeah. they lost, they lost those games by an average score of 37 to seven. Gosh, so that is just so we, un- we have seen, we have seen the offense look bad for Northwestern. Sure. But the, the defense looking this bad. I mean the offensive total yards. Uh, so anyways, you know, that's how they finished the year. They finished three and nine. So the offensive total yards. Yeah. 116. That's okay.
1: That's what we expect from a, from a big 10 West champion, right? We've seen that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Caught <me by> surprise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. What yeah. we expect. Um, but the defensive total yards, 101st. <laughs> I, they gave up 430 yards
1: a game. Something is... That is... I never would have thought I would have seen that. Something's wrong. And defensive rush yards, 119th that in the just country. Doesn't happen. <sighs> and the thing is, is, like the defensive
0: passing yards were decent. Now, yeah, part of it was because... You didn't have to throw the ball. You didn't have to throw on them. I wonder how much... That is just really around Brandon Joseph, which is a bright spot. But is it okay? Is it? We'll get into that. But I, you know, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stats here that we look at major major stats. They 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 were in the hundreds for five of the eight. Okay, and they're only on the the better half in one of them. One of them because average score against and uh, offensive yards were collectively ninetieth and eighty first. The only stat. That was decent. Is passing yards against? But again, we can kind of almost explain that one away just because teams didn't even need to throw the ball. I know. And this the... was so the two the two thousand. Help me out with my math here. The two it was the two thousand nineteen Northwestern. It was bad. Bad. Right?
1: Yes, very bad. They weren't this bad. No, they were not. The this The offense bad. was bad. They were they were bad. Really, if you remember, because they had no quarterback. Yeah. If they had, if they had had a quarterback, and then they got a quarterback, and and they were good, and they, they were good. right back. Right. But this is bad because they don't have a quarterback, because they don't have playmakers, because their offensive line wasn't very good, because their defense was terrible, because their defensive line was bad. This was – everything was bad. That was so much fun. I mean, it really was. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. Like, Northwestern,
0: I'm sorry. But, you know, in a respectful way, you have obviously drawn the ire of this Iowa fan, this Illinois fan sitting across the table. And not just us. They've gotten Wisconsin. They've gotten Nebraska. Yes. They've gotten us all. Um I'm not saying I, I want, you know, the, the football program to, to cater and die. But, like, it was just incredible every week to see how consistently
1: subpar Northwestern was. I do want them to die. But, <laughs> the, so there's this is a weird thing within Illini fandom. Oh, Northwestern's not our rival in yes, football. They yes, they are. they And fine, if you don't want them to be your rival, but they're my rival. So I make, want yep. them to be bad. So I enjoyed every second of this. It was just, but... But
0: we say that in you know, with the thought process of I'm just shocked at how bad they were. That just is not what we expect out of Pat Fitzgerald.
1: No, this is and and this feels different. Something's it, off.
0: Something's off. It does feel different. Um Team Stud. There's actually a couple people you can
1: Yeah. Like I'm, like I'm, but I'm, you could make the argument there wasn't one. You could make the argument there wasn't one, and I feel like i maybe I'm choosing the wrong guy, but I went with Chris Bergen. The okay. linebacker because really? he had
0: 132 tackles, he he had a lot of tackles.
1: He had forced a fumble, tackles. interception, uh, fumble recovery. Okay, uh, you could have gone. I you could have gone Brandon Joseph, I suppose, and, and Evan Hall is maybe the one I should have picked.
0: I I've got Evan Hall. Okay, um, I got Evan Hall because typically on, I mean, you can say about defense too. I don't know. Typically on an offense, you you it collectively needs to look good. It's hard to star on an offense that is just bad across the yeah. board. He found a way. He did. To to be a consistently good which which then like if you have that rushing attack that's pretty good, okay. Um, I mean they only had they were 81st in rushing, but it but that just shines another light on the fact that even with that rushing attack, they could not get anything going in the passing attack with their quarterback play. No. But I got Evan Hall, Steven Robinson, I think, and Brandon Joseph. Yeah. But even that comes with an asterisk because I mean, you have to think cuz we know Brandon Joseph transferred right. away. You have to think Brandon Joseph looked around and said, "I am a star. I want to exp- have a better yeah. college football experience." So he left because I don't think he likes what he sees. I mean, that's how else how else am I supposed to look
1: at this? If you're a Northwestern fan, that's what you're fearing right now. Is, I, oh my I, god, I, he transferred cuz this is the, a dumpster fire.
0: You could make an argument that Brandon Joseph transferring is worse
1: than the nine losses. I think that may be, yeah, because of the, what it, like what it indicates, what it, the 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 symbolism of him leaving. Oh crap! That's an oh crap. Oh, oh oops! I crap my pants. moment It right is there. Um, best game moment. I,
0: I got to say, beating Rutgers yeah. because it's a conference win, so you didn't go over in the conference, and they were sitting at three and three
1: at the time. No, I'm not going to argue with that. Rutgers, it is. The
0: head-scratcher for me is just the entire defense the entire year. Even with a, a guy that had 2,000 tackles and a, a guy that's going to play in the NFL for sure, in Brandon Joseph, the defense was just not good.
1: Yes. I, I And because it's a Fitzgerald defense. And I'll just drill just a little tiny bit deeper. For me, more specifically, the defensive rush yards. Being 119th in the country, a Pat Fitzgerald team just does not do that, even in a down year. Shocking, my friend. Shocking. It is. Team grade. I, I I'll go. Okay, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with a D minus. I think I'll go to D minus because let's be honest. At Northwestern, it is a a small margin for error. You don't yep. have a ton of talent, so things can go wrong quickly. But they just went so, so wrong so quickly. So I'm gonna go with a D minus, not an F. I I had a D, but I okay. just I, I just added the minus right now. I'm gonna go with a D. Okay. Um,
0: a D minus would be going winless in the Big Ten, and an F would be either zero or one wins total. Okay. So D, D That's fair. for me. That's okay. good. Right. Maybe
1: I'm just overreacting. Maybe my that minus might have been a little bit of a knee jerk because I have because I think down you dislike Northwestern a little bit more than me. Yes, I do.
0: 2002-22, uh, Spring ahead. I mean. I'm sorry to pile on, but as far as what needs improvement,
1: I mean it's literally everything. So they used to make up for the lack of talent with just exceptional coaching, but even that wasn't there this year. Yeah,
0: because if you can remember, and we probably aren't making a big a deal out of this, was a that was a new defensive coordinator.
1: It was. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Hankins. Oh, Mm-hmm. that's tough.
0: How much of the program was him?
1: I mean, he was he was there. He's been there the whole Fitzy tenure. Well, I wonder. Boy, interesting. We yeah. An I'm glad article that should up.
0: be written on that. Du- Paging sure prob- Dustin Shooty. Paging
1: yeah. Dustin Shooty. Um, but yeah, the other thing though is, was the talent deficit just too large this year? Because they look, they, there was not much talent there. This was probably the least talented team in in the conference, right? The deficit led to defecating. Yes, they defecated in their pants. <laughs> Poopy diaper, often. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: what's looking good? I got Pat Fitzgerald is your head man. That I mean, I, if there's anybody on the planet that a can get you out of this and b has the the purple
1: desire to do it, he is your coach. You got to conjure up some serious witchcraft here, which we know you have. Yeah, we've Fitzgerald. Seen it. But you've got to you've got to dig deep and find your you gotta you know page to the very back of that spell book you know this is a spell I haven't used in a long long time let's break this puppy out and see how it works so you got it is it li- is it possible to make two deals with the devil <laughs> maybe life sorry he's already made one if he's if he's got a second soul this would be an adequate time to sell that one too. <laughs> can, he, can he offer his wife something like that something can I, how about an IOU?
0: Anything else? No. That was your 2021 uh, Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, I, I I didn't want to say this halfway through the pod because I thought maybe it would uh, distract you, but w- how far apart would you say we are? What? Four feet. Four? You think it's four. <laughs> yeah, it maybe 3.5. Three, 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 three and a half. I can smell your breath as if the Amador bottle is opened right in front of are me. Are you
1: serious? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm it is just straight booze. No shit. Well, I tell you, I got I'm I got deep into that thing last night.
0: <laughs> what was What's the quote with, with brushing your teeth? Oh, from the movie. Well, I can't even get there anyways, But. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I am surprised because this ain't the first time I've sat across this table from you after you have imbibed the night before. But every now and then, for whatever reason, it just like it's like it it just lingers in your, your mm. mouth more, and it's it's got it for you. It was also a late night for me. That could have had something to do with yes. it. Yes. Well, great effort coming over here. The energy was fantastic. I don't think it's hit me yet. Oh, is that the key? I so if we it. waited longer, <laughs> I think so. Oh, man. We had to get this baby in the can. <laughs> Well, thanks for the effort, man. Yeah. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.